This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Oster. I guess that's a thing. Yeah, that's how I'm going to hey, do everybody. it. Like, I, I realize I'm like, I completely forgot because you and me usually don't do one-on-ones. True. And when we do, like yesterday for Too Old to Game, it's you on this side, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And I already have the original man-child name, so yeah, you no, don't that, have that's to come all you. up with anything. So I went with that. For this one, Sean, you're realizing my name is not Sean Anderson. I don't sound like or look like Sean Anderson. Sean's a pitchfork. Um, so it's just Dave and I today, but we got special guests leading off the show. Ziani, he is going to be talking about the Thunder with us. We're going to look at Carmelo Anthony, how he fits with the Rockets. Technically, he doesn't sign there, but he says he's going to sign there. So we're just going to jump the gun a little Take bit the man's word. and talk about it. And then we're going to look at the Bulls because uh, Dave and I are both Bulls fans. I got some splaining to do, and we're going to look at, will the Bulls make the playoffs this season? But before we get in, into everything, before I invite Z in, we're going to do a little housekeeping here. I'll get through it quickly. Number one, if you want to be like Z, want to help support the channel and be on a podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. That link down below in the description. You can also see our link for our store where you can see this man across from me kind of showing off our MVP t-shirt. You can also get that store at mostvelpodcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you're listening on iTunes, or if you're on YouTube and you're like, hey, I've got one of those things. I can do this. Make sure to go on to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give the Fast Break a five-star rating and then give us a little bit of why you like to listen to the Fast Break each and every week. But let's get into it, boys. We're going to be talking about the whole kind of Thunder trade as a whole. So we're going to be looking at the Thunder. We're going to be looking at what it means for Schroeder, what it means for the Hawks, a little bit of what it means for Mello as well. So, Z, I'm going to kick it to you first. First off, welcome onto the podcast yet again. I'm going to kick it to you first. What are your kind of first thoughts in general about this trade that went down between basically the Thunderhawks and, I mean, the 76ers did get Mike Muscala in the trade as well. Oh, thanks for having me, fellas. It's good to be on as always. I enjoy chatting it up with y'all. But um, to answer your question, I'd say uh, it's a pretty much a win-win for the two main teams in it. Um, uh, the the Hawks, they uh, free up free up a headache in Dennis Shooter or shorter, however you say it, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I mean, I kind of heard some some stories about how him and Dwight got into some type of altercation. I'm not sure how serious that was, but um, they get rid of a headache and they open up uh, room for for their star acquisition of the the off season in Trey Young. So, you know, that's a clear path. I'm pretty sure he would have started anyway. I mean, I'm assuming that, but uh, you know, he he gets that. Um, they they free that op, that space up for him. In the starting rotation, and then, I mean the 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 Thunder. I, I don't I don't really know how how um, Dennis Schroeder or Shooter is going to fit um, with them. You know, he he is a point guard. Obviously, you know, I think Russ could could play the two, and then you could put uh, Paul George at the three, and then you know the rest will work itself out. But I don't know. I don't. How do y'all think about the, how does he fit? I mean, bring him off the bench. Is he too prideful to come off the bench? What do you think about that, Dave? What is it? Well, look at the Thunder first. What does this mean for OKC? 
I think OKC gets a huge win because Melo's gone, mm-hmm. and they get. I, I think they're gonna. And end you up with, don't have to stretch it. Yeah, no stretching, no worries. I and I like the pickup of Shooter. I think that he will come off the bench. I'm hoping his pride's not an issue. Um, although I think you're right, Z, in the fact that like we are we are going to see some lineups with uh, Brody and Shooter in the lineup next to each other playing one two. Um, the one weird thing is like, yes, it's awesome you got rid of somebody. Yes, you got another uh, ball handler. But he's also an inefficient shooter, which mm-hmm. is not what you need right now to help this team out. So I don't know. I, I, I'm conflicted because on the one side, the Thunder win, and like, it's a win-win trade. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know how much of an asset Dennis will be. Like I don't know if he's a net positive player for their team. I think he's a net positive for this year. Where basically, when I looked at this, I was looking at, all right, you know what? Like, like you said, is his pride going to be an issue? It shouldn't be an issue. Because what was one of the main things he wanted in a trade destination? He wanted to go to a playoff team. He wanted to go to a winner. He's going to a team that, in my mind, is easily going to be one of the top four teams in the Western Conference this year. If they're not in the top four, it's like, oh, they're top five for sure in the West. But I see them being one of the top four teams in the West this year. And I kind of have a feeling where the Thunder could kind of use this year— as kind of like a feel it out where it's like, is he our backup? Of course, like you said, we're going to see Brody and Dennis in the lineup at the same time, play one at the one, the other at the two. But I wouldn't be surprised in this deal is if like after this year, because they've got Russ and PG locked down mm-hmm. for um, what Brody's locked down. His player op is in 2022. Um, that's going to be the year that PG <coughs> becomes a free agent. If like next year or the year after, they could easily move Dennis Schroeder if they want to. Yeah. Like, if he's not working, they could move this piece. And we know that this Thunder organization knows how to kind of finagle trades to basically get what is worth for them. Z, I want to ask you that. Is there, if you had to put your money on it, would you say that Dennis finishes out his entire contract with the Thunder? Or do you see the Thunder moving him at some point, even though they acquired him? this off season. I think I think that's all up to, to Dennis, like how he shows in, in in OKC. Like if he if he if he if he proves he can be, you know, like a Rondo type, because you know, we all know he can't shoot like you mentioned earlier. Um probably not as bad as Rondo uh with the shot. But, you know, he can create his own shot. He can or like driving and stuff and mid range he's decent I guess. But um if he could just like show that he's a stopper at the one defensively I think that'll definitely up his trade value and make it a little more tough for for them to, or and make it a little more tough for them to you know to part with him. But mm-hmm. I think that's probably more of a live like more of a uh, a chance of happening them them tra- trading him because I mean ultimately he plays the point guard, uh, Russ plays the point guard role or position. So mm-hmm. like you don't really you got Rem, did they bring Raymond Felton back so. I mean, what are they going to do with him? Is he going to – are they going to play together off the bench? You're going to mm-hmm. have three decent uh, point guards. Like, And really, ultimately, you're just trying to get rid of Melo so you can say, what is it, like $300 million? Was it is, uh, was It's 100 – I think it was $100 million, mm-hmm. uh, 100 okay. and something million. Yeah, stretched out yeah. over, what, three years, I think it was. Yeah, for it was the something provision. disgusting. Um, so one, I, think, I think that was the – that was my fault. But that, I think that was the main thing with this trade is – 
is getting rid of getting rid of Melo and Schroeder. I think is the uh, the blonde stripe uh, <laughs> cherry on top. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, but to answer your question, I think yeah, probably. I, if I had to put my money on it, that they trade they trade them. Yeah, I think that. I think there's a chance because this team is so volatile. And mm-hmm. like the one thing I love about the Thunder is that volatile meaning it could combust at any time. I do, I do mean <laughs> that. Like no one's safe. Like mm-hmm. if they feel like they need to make a move, they're gonna pull the trigger. Like I mm-hmm. you have to give uh Presti credit because like this is a team that for the last couple of years is you know what, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna make big splashes in free agency. We're gonna try to do this. Uh we're going to go for everything, every opportunity we can get. So I think that, you know, there's no guarantee that Dennis will remain on this team. I do think, I, I know I had concerns earlier about, like, his shooting, but when you look at the volume, he was putting up, like, 17 shots a game mm-hmm. with a team with no other offensive weapons or no other uh, really great offensive weapons. I don't want to describe the Hawks too much, but, like... Blazemore, man. I know Blazemore's good, but... <laughs> That's a joke. That's I know, joke. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to be nice to Hawks fans. Uh, <laughs> I like John Collins, though. Uh, but... No, like when you don't have other shooting around you, that means that your shots are more highly contested. Mm-hmm. So now, when he has guys like um, Paul George on the outside stretching the court, I think that he is going to be a little bit better of a shooter because his shots actually pretty solid. Like his free throws have gotten better almost every year. But as he has added volume, of course, efficiency goes down. Mm-hmm. But now I think having guys around him who can shoot, having someone who can help facilitate for him. It's going to be huge. I think, honestly, he could be, like, one of the surprising success things, assuming all of this legal mm-hmm. uh, situation settles itself out. I'll throw this at UZ. This is the thing that I was thinking, because Dave was mentioning the shooting part of it. One of the players that I know, Jake, our resident 76er fan, he was kind of upset a little bit. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that the 76ers had to give up TLC, um, giving up mm-hmm. Timothy for this deal to go through. And to me, that is something where I know he's a guy that came off the bench a lot for the 76ers, and he only averaged what last year he averaged less than he did his rookie year, only averaging about 15 and a half minutes per game. But he's a guy that can shoot at his best end. He shot 40% from the field. He's a 33, like low 30s um, from three shooter and a solid free throw shooter. Do you see him being kind of, of course, Roberson's going to be the starting two yep. if he's healthy, but do you see Timothy Wawalu kind of being in this deal and being one of those pieces that, yeah, we added some shooting in this deal and he's going to help out the Thunder in a, I kind of want to say significant way, but that might be too strong of a word. What do you think? Well, as a Suns fan, uh, I would like to say you can never have too many wings um, as we've proven this offseason. And I think that that's going to be a, 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 a positive for them, you know, just adding uh, more depth. Uh, like you said, at the two guard, Robeson most likely is going to start, but um, he he got injured last year. And who's to say that he's, you know, he can return to the form that, that we know him at that, three and D not really three, but that defensive <laughs> stopper. And, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Like that's just another, another cherry. You're getting a, a Sunday with a whole bunch of cherries on it. And, uh, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Uh, depth is nothing that, that I would never want not to have. 
So you got a two gate Ferguson, Ferguson, whatever the little nickname Terrence? he has. Yeah. Terrence Ferguson. Oh my God. Um, yeah. We, we I had high hopes for him. him. I had really high hopes we, for him coming out. I liked him a lot in, in high school. We almost snagged him uh, at U of A, but um, you got him. You got uh, who they just draft. Didn't they just draft a wing too? Their the wings right now, according to Spot Rack, they're they've got Jer- Jeremy Grant, they've got Kyle Singler, Paul George, and then Timothy, Terrence Ferguson, um, Alex Ebrines, and then uh, Abrinas. Abrinas, and then Roberson are their wings I right thought, now. I thought, I thought they drafted somebody, but uh, anyway, they drafted I mean, uh, this year uh, Kevin Harvey and Devin Hall. Okay. So I mean, both second rounds later, mm-hmm. second rounders, but late. Okay. I don't think it's uh you can never have enough enough death, man, cuz you you never know, bro. Like injuries are, you know, can occur at, at the blink of an eye as Paul George, you know what I mean? So I think that, that that's a good look for them. Yeah. What do you think about it before we kind of move on into the Hawks, Dave, about the whole TLC thing and what he can bring to the Thunder? No, I I like it. He's a guy who in is still growing a lot. Like he was still learning how to play in the NBA. He's still growing as a player. I mm-hmm. think that he's not going to be a world beater. He's not going to be uh, an above average starter, but I think he can be a quality backup. He's got a good body size. He looks uh, like as the year progressed, he looked better, but it's still one of those things where like he needs some minutes to grow. And on this team, you can get some minutes during the regular season, mm-hmm. and then I don't expect to see him at all during the playoffs, really. Yeah, and I, I mean— he's, he's too far down that uh, depth chart. And the thing with the Thunder, to me, with this whole trade as a whole, this is not the side of the deal I was most excited about. The most exciting part, I thought, was the side we're going to in the Hawks. Because really? For me, with the Thunder, this trade didn't move the, didn't move the needle, per se, with me. This is a team that I thought, coming in, even with Melo— I was like, all right, they're going to be fourth or fifth in the East, depending on how the Jazz play. Now with this trade, it's like, all right, Dennis is better than what Melo showed last year. Now they they could be three or four in the West. So it's like, you know what, they're still in that three to five range to me, more so now maybe three and four okay. compared to four and five. The Hawks are the ones I like of this one because the big question I had for them coming into this year was, all right, you went and traded – for Trey Young, basically that was you saying he is the future of our team, yet you still had Dennis on this team. You still had kind of his, to use a word that you used, volatile nature, where if you would have kept him on this team in the season, it would have blown up in your faces. Like you would have been having a ticking time bomb in Atlanta. I love this deal for the Hawks because this is basically them saying, hey, you know what? We bring in Jeremy Lin because A, he's an expiring contract. And B can be that veteran presence behind Trey Young off the bench at the point guard. And the thing I love most is this is them saying, hey, Trey Young, this is your team. You might be a rook, but this is your team. Go ahead and run with it. Z, I'm going to go to you. What do you think of this trade for the Hawks in general? Yeah, like I stated earlier, dude, uh, like it just it's a, clears the pathway for, for – Trey Young, and I think that that's a that's a lot that's a lot riding on him, man. Um, he's in 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 college. I think he proved that he's a pretty good decision maker. Um, what was what was the stat I heard you guys say a while back uh, during the the scouting process uh, about him that uh, he led the league in in usage 
Mm-hmm. Let the country in like the, the highest yeah, usage rate. Yeah, highest usage ever. Like, that was just because Oklahoma didn't have anybody. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, he had some Jimmer for debt numbers. Exactly. In and and to that point, like that's something that's unheard of for like the Power Five conferences, right? Mm-hmm. Like for for a player to to have that much, you know, riding on him and that much on his shoulders as a freshman at that. So um, I think he he proved it there in college. Obviously, the NBA is a whole another animal. But to to your point. Uh, Ricky, I think that this is just like them handing over the keys, the keys to the kingdom. Like, look, man, this is this is your team. Atlanta is a a, a great city, you know, ready uh, for you to carry it, you know, back to its uh, its prominence, you know, back in the 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 sixty win days with the Corvers and all them. So the I mean, five man all star team, <laughs> you know. So I think I think I think he's capable. Um, Obviously, this uh, this summer league kind of soured a lot of people on him. I mm-hmm. guess you know or the the first the first games in Utah or whatever. But I mean, the trade, like to answer your question again, I think it just clears the path for for tricky trade to shoot them trades. Well, and it's like the Hawks in general for me, and Hawks fans can kind of speak to it better than I can. But it's like this is a team that since like 2008, that postseason. They've been a team that's been in the playoff. Now, have they gotten anywhere in there? Usually it has been like, oh, we got bounced in the semifinals like the Cavs. They got bounced to our Bulls in one season. That was when we went to the um, conference finals and lost to the Heat. And then the season where many fans thought, hey, you know what? Maybe we can do this. The 2015 postseason where it's like they beat the Nets, they beat the Wizards. All right, it's us and the Cavs. We got it. We can beat LeBron and all right, we got swept by LeBron. All right, the semifinals next year. All right, we can do it. And we got swept by LeBron again after beating the Celtics in the first round. And I wonder what the Hawks, with them handing over the keys to Trey Young, does this mean, of course I don't expect them to make the playoffs this year, but Dave, I want to ask you, how long of a drought, is this going to be a mini drought for them where it's maybe like a three-year drought and then by that fourth season, we see Trey Young kind of do the. I'm comparing it to the Steph Curry of like his fourth, fifth season. Yeah, they went ahead and made the playoffs with the Warriors. Or is this going to be a longer drought that they're not going to make the playoffs until Trey Young's second contract in the NBA? I mean, I think there's a fair chance that they could make it. Just just from saying that, I'll go, I'll go straight meme and say it's the East. They could make it this year. Don't even count LeBron it out. left. It's wide open. Um, but I think this is going to heavily depend on free agency next year. This mm-hmm. you know this Carmelo move opened up their cash for next year. That means that they can go in free agency and see if they have a promising future in mm-hmm. front of them. Like who wouldn't want to play with a shoot with a point guard who is amazing, amazing floor general. Like mm-hmm. he is excellent for getting everybody involved, passing like a madman out there. Like that's somebody everybody wants to play with. So if you can show enough promise that you can lure in, you know, some mid-range to maybe some interesting free agents, that team could make a quick jump. I think it's probably likely it's a three, four year kind of a thing, but 2019 free agency is gonna be wild, and that's mm-hmm. where the there that's where like the asterisk comes in. Z, I'll ask you first off, how long do you think the playout drought will last for the Hawks? And two, if you were a free agent, would you want to go play in Atlanta with this roster that you see right now? How long will the playoff drought last? Uh, I, I mean, if I was a Hawks fan, I would want it to last at least like 
at least one more year. Like this year coming up, you got a whole bunch of good wing slash two guards. And mm-hmm. I think if you could add one of them uh, to, to the Hawks, like that's going to make the Hawks fan base like a whole just excited. You know what I mean? Like uh, you already got John Collins, who's a, a monster as he proved. Mm-hmm. Last year, and then you know, I don't. I hate to keep harping on the the summer league, but he looked good, man. And it, it's hard not to get excited if you're a Hawks fan or just a basketball fan in general. Yeah. But um, I mean, you you got you got Trey Young, you got that dude, uh, and if you can add one of those those two guards or those wings, I think, man, that that'll be amazing. So I think probably like I don't know, man, maybe. Two years, because you never know what free agency somebody might want to go there. You know, the the city's very appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, you got Trey Young, who's if he could be what we think he's going to be. I mean, Steph Curry, right? Like that's that's <laughs> what his ceiling looks to be. Hawk fans or, or, want to be uh, on or, that age, yeah. Or Nash, or Nash, like mm-hmm. he looked he looked good, man. It's hard not to get excited about his potential. So, I mean, yeah, it, maybe maybe two three years. I just I just don't see nobody wanting to play with that guy if he's mm-hmm. what we think he's yeah. going to be. And then John Collins as well. So, I mean, addition by subtraction with getting rid of Shooter and opening up the cap space. They got the money. Atlanta's one of the, you know, destination spots. Like, it's a, it's, it, it's the it's the Hollywood of the the South, I guess you could I can't even it, tell you know? if you're, like, straight-faced right now when you're saying this shit out loud. <laughs> I mean, I'm. To, I'm just look. I'm. <laughs> I try to put. I try to put myself in in the fandom of, yeah. of whatever team I'm talking about, and I'm trying to look at it like glasses half full. No, honestly, uh, like the guy we haven't even mentioned, like Touring Prince, like he made a mm-hmm. huge jump from year one to year two, and I think he can and, make a similar jump this upcoming year. And, and then if you add one of those two guards, but and then you move base more. Problem solved, I'm, baby. I'm, Baseball's got a player out though. Move that shit. True, you can trade him. <laughs> you can trade him, yeah. So, I mean, that that's me trying to, you know, be living fantasy land as a Hawks fan. I'm not, but uh, realistically, I mean, I don't. Maybe like four or five years, dude. Like, I mean, but it depends on who they pick up mm-hmm. this year. Like, if they if they tank this year and they get R.J. Barrett or. or uh, one Cam, of the other dudes. Yeah, RJ Barrett, Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish, Cam Reddish. Like it's it's a lot it's a lot to like in this if you if you the, need the a very guard. top list, there's a ton to like early. We'll see if it, you know, continues to deepen out, but like do you expect the Hawks to be like right at that like one through three range this year? Yes. They they look terrible this year. <laughs> I mean it, it is it is the East. It is yeah. the East, you know. But I mean I don't know, man. The East the East is the East, and you know we were comfortable saying that, and it's like kind of funny in a running gag. Yeah, but bro, like if you think about it, the East is pretty. I mean, the Cavs are going to suffer this year, I'm assuming, um, but everybody else is kind of like strengthening up. The, the Celtics look amazing. The I don't, I mean, the Philly, and I know the other other Patreon, he might not like that. Yeah, J- Jake might not love that, but you know, <laughs> but I don't care. I'm a Suns fan, so I don't. I care say, about you me. know what it's like to be at the bottom. <laughs> You're going to have yeah, some company I, down there. Look, and, 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 and we're, we're, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I got that shot. It's okay, I got to say. But, uh, but the, as a Suns fan, and I, I hate to keep bringing up the Suns because, you know, this is no, no, topic, it's, but, it's hey, You're on it's our show. Blood, it's your time man. to talk, Born man. and bred. Born and bred. But as a Suns fan, 
this is this is our eighth year. We or last season was our eighth year not making the playoffs, and mo- more than likely, even if I want to be a super uh, geek fan about it, we're not going to make it this year. So it's probably going to be nine years in a row. And when we had old uh, uh, old Nash and broken down Amari and you know Grant Hill, who uh, found the the fountain of youth mm-hmm. and all these old old good guys like. I was ready to tank then. Like, <laughs> like I was ready to tank, and and I, I will be the first to tell you, I not that I've foreseen us taking eight years to get back into the the, the champion or the the playoffs, but it's just like, what do you want? Do you want to, to fight to to make the eighth seed and then get bounced in the first round by the Warriors or the in in, in the East? You got the you got three teams that look amazing now. The, mm-hmm. You know the Raptors. You got the Celtics and the Sixers. And I'm pretty sure I'm, I mean, the, the Wizards, like, it's a lot to like over there. But, like, what do you want to, do you want to just be in, in that purgatory? Like, that's the worst, that's the worst spot to be in, in as a fan. Like You speak into my soul right I was going to say, like, Ricky's just got it's, a grin ear to ear as you're talking about it's, uh, it's serious, dude. why be in it's the middle. It's, it's true. It's, it's, it's why, why do you want to, to fight for, for the AC? Yeah, it's playoff revenue. Your team gets money. Mm-hmm. Your team gets a little notoriety, and you know the the experts and the pundits say that you're not a, a trash franchise or you're not you're not rebuilding. But like, really, you just stuck. Like, what? Like, that's not something to. I've, we've been there, dude. I, I'm a son. I'm a son, <laughs> fan, bro. Like, we've we've been towards the top, you know, as championship contenders. We've been fighting for our lives to get into the playoffs. And then we've been at the bottom. And at the bottom, it's a lot better. It's hard during the regular season, and you hear all these pundits and stuff, you know, trashing your team. But look where we are now. Not that we've, not that we've arrived. You know, God forbid, I'm not going to wood if you can't hear it. But, you know, DeAndre Jordan turns into – or not DeAndre Jordan, but DeAndre Aiden turns into uh, to freaking Greg, Greg Odin. Or oh, you know, Devin that. Booker – Devin Booker gets all this money and then becomes, you know, a bum and or gets hurt like Brandon Roy. Like, hopefully none of that happens. But, you know, what? Like, it, it could happen. It's life. That's what happens. It's full of surprises. Like yeah. Forrest Gump said, it's a box of chocolates. But <laughs> in that box of chocolates, you never know. You might get something that you like. And it's a lot to like out here in Phoenix. As a Hawks fan, I would say you got two good – I mean, potential-wise, you got two great players. Then they look real good, and mm-hmm. if you could add one more, one of those guards or wings in this draft, I mean, dude, I, I would, like I said, if I was a Hawks fan, I would want to tank this year, maybe next year too, and just add a couple of more pieces. Like I mean, Torian Prince, no disrespect to him, that dude's a a monster. I forgot to mention him earlier, but you got three three good pieces. Two greats and one good piece. If you want to do it like that to build around it, and if Dallas sucks, that means they could have two lotto picks. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, I don't I, foresee that happening, but and here's the thing that I was I was looking into this earlier today because of the bull segment that Dave and I are going to do a little bit later. Um, but like I was saying, you're speaking to my soul with the whole do you want to go to the playoffs and get bounced? Because that's kind of how I feel right now as a Bulls fan as well. Do we want to go to the eight seed, get bounced by the Celtics in the first round because we don't have Rajon Rondo, which was one of the main reasons why we would have beat the or not would have we yeah would, yeah, would have, have. I, I'm trying to make it a finite that we would have beat yeah. the Celtics in that playoff matchup. But I was looking up the Warriors because 
and the Hawks. You want to look timeline? Well, it, exactly. And yeah. I, I mean, everyone says like, oh, well, you know, the Hawks, they got the front office that came from Golden State. So they're trying to do the same thing. And that's why I look at the year four for Trey Young. Because if you look at their draft history and you look at their season, so they draft Steph Curry his first year is 2009-2010. The first time they made the playoffs with him was 2012-2013, and I believe that was the last year of his rookie contract. Now, the thing I want to say is with his rookie contract, they kind of lucked out because he had injury problems, mm-hmm. so they didn't have to pay him like Z's sons had to pay Dev Book because yep. Dev Book didn't Gladly. have injury problems like <laughs> um, Steph Curry. But, I mean, you look at their draft history of after they drafted Steph. It was they drafted Steph, then two years later in 2011 they get Clay. Then that first year they made the playoffs, they drafted. That was Draymond's rookie year. So they had this, all right, we're building that talent that, of course, now it's hindsight's 2020. But then that build, built into that first playoff, they get a steal against the Nuggets, get to that second round, lose to the Spurs in six games. Then the first round the next year, they get bounced in the first round to the Clippers, but they get that experience, and then boom, the rest is history. Win three out of the next four finals, and of course those last two, they did add KD, so there's an asterisk to that one. That's of course going to help you out in any finals, but... I feel like the Hawks have kind of almost done the same thing in an expedited way because, of course, it depends on how they're going to pan out. But in one draft, because the Hawks actually had the draft picks, they got Trey Young, who could be like their Steph Curry um, point guard. They got Kevin Herter out of Maryland, who that's a guy who can kind of bring a similar, or if they develop them that way, could kind of be like your Clay Thompson. And then many people are going, oh, Amore Spellman, he's like our Draymond. And some of that I feel like is fans trying to pinhole yeah. these players into that. Yep. But it is, if those three players can develop together, then maybe it's like, all right, year three, maybe they make the playoffs because the East is especially weaker than the West. But the last thing I'll say about the Hawks before i let you guys kind of say your final thing. The thing I love the most about the Hawks is their point guards. Mm-hmm. Not only is Trey Young going to start, I love Trey Young. I wish him the best. He's my favorite player from this past college season. Mo Bamba kind of stole my heart at the end, but Trey Young was always my number one. I love the, having Jeremy Lin behind him because not only is Jeremy Lin an expiring contract and you can get rid of him if you want. How dare you? But if anyone knows... The spectacle that is going to follow Trey Young in the NBA, it's Jay Lynn. Because when he played with the Knicks, it was Lynn's sanity. Like, he is going to be able to help Trey Young in this first year yeah. of his rookie of his rookie deal and his NBA career. Yeah, career is what you're looking yeah. for there. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think that uh, Jeremy Lin, I want this man to find a home. Mm-hmm. I want him to be healthy. Was, you were so sad when he got injured last like, year. I when he went down and he was just like he, was like, he knew it. he knew exactly what it was mm-hmm. he knew he was done for the year like I I shed a tear I was like oh I just want you to be happy and to play and be healthy mm-hmm. so I hope Atlanta like cherishes what they've got and I I know that he will be a great mentor for Trey to look up to and work with because he's a super smart player 
And, you know, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how that backcourt dynamic goes. But, yeah, I mean, if you're doing this compare, I just want to jump back on the comparison okay. thing. So you're saying Dennis Schroeder is their Monta Ellis, and they just it shipped him early? could be. He could be the Monta Ellis. <laughs> but wait, didn't they ship Monta Ellis? They didn't ship Monta Ellis right away. No, that was the thing. It was, it was Steph played up until uh, the 2010-2011 year. And then I think the following year he was traded, uh, or 11-12 he was traded out. But, yeah, no, it was just like... That weird, you know, they had their little rivalry, uh-huh. you know, and and you said this is the expedited version, yeah. so they just well, moved him early. Well, if that's the case, if he's the Montalas, then Hawks playoff this year because they traded him <laughs> in 2012, and that was the year they made the playoffs. Ricky's they made the bold playoffs prediction. Right after that. Ricky's bold. <laughs> LeBron left. The East is wide open, man. They're wide open. Z, what's your final thoughts on the Hawks, the Thunder, this whole trade in general? Uh, really, I don't care. No, I'm no, um, I, I mean, I, I like I like Trey Young a lot, dude. Like, uh, I wanted him. I, I'm greedy, man. As a, <laughs> as a sports fan, I learned how to get greedy. And I wanted us to snatch DeAndre Aiden at number one and Trey Young somewhere in the top ten. But, uh, so, I mean, I did a lot of, you know, YouTube looking up and research on them and scouting, like, quote-unquote, if you can't see mm-hmm. my air quotes. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm like you said, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for that dude. Like, he... He, he's. I want him to be the next Clay, or not Clay, but Seth. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see him crossing dudes. I want to see him on ESPN. I, I want to see that. You know, I want to be able to be like, dang, like finally, you know, somebody lived up to their potential. Like, cause Steph, I mean, nobody thought Steph was going to be what he is now. You know what I'm saying? True, like nobody, true. nobody foreseen that. I don't even think his dad did. And 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 if we could, you know, we all seen this dude from 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 a young age it really his senior year in high school with youtube and you know ball is life and all these different youtube channels we've seen we get a chance to see these dudes young and he he looked good man and, and i hope i just really really hope that uh it's not too much you know like this trade addition by subtraction we're getting rid of shooter or schroeder and uh it, it's just it, it's given they're giving him the keys to the kingdom and i hope you know, he knows what to do with him. I think he does. I just, I, I don't want to see a bust in, in any of the picks inst- except for Doncic. I want him to bust. You son of a bitch. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, we'll argue about this on the next show, but like, we're, we got, I got some strong feelings on that one. And you're wearing Maverick blue today. And I mean, it's not as bright, but it's kind of Maverick. Not blue. really. Yeah, but okay. I could say hey, it could be a little Mavericky blue. All right. Z's like, I, I'm going to have to look I, at that later. <laughs> I hate, I hate the Mavericks and I hate. Uh, Sacramento from this day forward and the Lakers and the Spurs. <laughs> Hateful well, fan. And another thing I'm going to bring up as we end this segment. And the Warriors. <laughs> you you used to be a LeBron fan, but you were telling us before the podcast, no more. Sure. Are you are you going yeah, to uh, make it official here on the podcast that you're no longer a LeBron fan? There's a. I got a lot of a lot of buddies who listen to to you guys' show. <laughs> nice. And, um, and let me let me say this. Let me let me make it plain and, and clear. I love LeBron James. He he was my second favorite player in the in the world behind Devin Booker. I'm that big of a homer, yes. And if it wasn't for him leaving Cleveland and going to Miami, this would be the case for everybody. Everybody would love LeBron because who wouldn't want to be able to say, look, this is our version of Jordan. Not that he's better, not that he's worse. We just have somebody to to cling to and say, I got to see this dude play from the beginning 
and I got to witness greatness, no pun intended, because of the whole Nike campaign. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But but now that this man has, again, left Cleveland, I don't know how Cleveland feels about it this go-around. He gave you guys a championship. They got a championship. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he is now a resident of Los Angeles, California, I don't know the zip code or the, the area code. Is it? 90210 or whatever that show. <laughs> You're asking um, the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am I am a, a resident of Arizona and I am a diehard Arizona everything fan. Even uh even soccer. We don't have an MLS team, we have Phoenix Rising, which is in the USL, I think. Anyway, back to LeBron. <laughs> he plays for the team that I hate more than anything in any other sport. I hate the Lakers. And there is no way that my hate and my love can coexist for one man. And because of that, I am now a staunch unsupporter of LeBron James. I wish him no luck. I wish him unluckiness. You know, I want him to be healthy and stuff, you know, uh, maybe a little uh, rolling of the ankle or two won't hurt just to make sure that they don't become a a playoff team. But I, I do not like LeBron James anymore. Uh, my love for him has now turned into mean, flaming hatred. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that. I can no longer re, uh, vote or for him in all-star games or, or <laughs> nothing like that. He, he, he is an enemy of Gianni now. So that's, that's my piece on, on that guy. Appreciate your take. The thing that just popped into my head, and Sean's going to hate me saying this, but you want to know the NFL comparison to LeBron going to the Lakers? Is if Tom Brady went to the Steelers? Uh, no, no. Why the Steelers? Because no. like I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, of course, like my first thought was to the Giants, but it's like I'm just saying, you know, Tom Brady actually wins things. Exactly. But LeBron like, only won one ring in Cleveland. Whoa. He got a couple down in Miami. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I, I get it because Tom Brady's lost would, as well. I was no, just yeah, saying, actually, Patriots it's, it's fans would thought. riot if he went to the Steelers. But yeah. Patriot fans would riot and be like, It'd be different if he ever moved. Like, I'm trying to think of a quarterback who's won in multiple places. I mean, Brett Favre almost did, but he got cheated out of that. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, yeah, there we go. Well, and the the trophy went right over his head when he played Seattle. But then he got it it when he played the Panthers. So there you go. Cam Newton let him get it. So I'll I'll go Peyton Manning's a good uh, good comparison. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think about this trade down below. We have gone for about almost 40 minutes. On way, too long. <laughs> way too long. This I didn't expect to sit down pocket. and talk about Carmelo and Dennis Schroeder for that long. You know what? When you get talking to when you get talking to Z, everything is uh, everything is a okay. Love having <laughs> Z on. I can't wait to Sorry for my long winded. Oh, I Dude, I love, love it. it. And the thing that I can't wait to have you on for is that first segment we have you on for. Well, mm. not the championship. I'm not getting that far. But that first playoff bid. And we talk about the Suns making the playoffs. I already just want to back to go back and forth about uh, someone he I'll disrespected. <laughs> just disrespecting <laughs> the Mavs like that. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave still uh, salty over that Luca. Get out of here. <laughs> but this is where you guys yeah. come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. Thanks for Z for joining us. You guys can be well like done. Z if you. Check out Patreon, which is down below in the description. And let's move on into the next topic, Dave. We're kind of looking at the same trade, but not really. We're looking at Carmelo Anthony now. Didn't really mention him in the first topic. And the main thing, we're kind of jumping the gun here because I know technically 
Carmelo hasn't signed anywhere as we're recording this on Friday evening, but everyone's been saying that he's been telling people that I am going to sign with the Rockets. So what we're going to look at, Dave, is I'll ask you, mm-hmm. how does Carmelo Anthony fit with the Houston Rockets? Like a goddamn glove. Like, <laughs> I know they lost Luke Mamamute and they lost Trevor Ease, but mm-hmm. they need they need a wing, and they need a wing who can shoot. And as long as he doesn't go full-blown Joe Johnson on them, they'll be fine. Like, I think this is actually a really good fit for them. And it's weird that I'm saying that because he provides he provided very little to no defense. Mm-hmm. Um, his effort levels were down. He Doesn't matter. They don't play de- attitude. They don't play defense in Houston, and, and according to Jabari Parker, no one gets paid for defense. But they played really good defense. <laughs> They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. But that doesn't matter apparently. Um, and he's right though. Mm-hmm. No, pe- people don't get paid for defense. That's why you got twenty million dollars, and Andre Roberson's getting mm-hmm. like ten, and Marcus Smart's getting like eleven or twelve. So he's not wrong. Just tossing out there. He's not wrong. We'll talk about that in the next one for sure because I, right. so I got some bullet Point points there. Uh, no, I think he's awesome. I think mm-hmm. Melo coming here, it, it depends on the ego because, again, he's still playing third string. Like he, You're mm-hmm. still going with the James Harden, Chris Paul, and then you. Yeah. So we'll see where his ego is at, but I think he'll be happier. I like, just, did he like playing with Paul, George, and Brody? Yeah, but Chris Paul's his buddy. Well, and that's why I know it's a little bit extreme. I know I was telling you about it, and you were like, what is he talking about when yeah. uh, Little Golick was basically oh God, like, yeah. oh, he doesn't fit anywhere. And I'm like, I don't know if he doesn't fit anywhere. But the thing I think about with Carmelo is when you say like, oh, fits like a glove. Yep. The first thought I have is, all right, are we hyping this up a little bit too much like we hyped the Thunder up last year? Because let's be honest, Thunder were a good team. They made the playoffs. We might have hyped the Thunder up a little bit too much. We thought they were going to be – a better team than they were, especially seating wise. I did not know that Andre Roberson would be dead. Well, I know that's part of it, that, but that's I mean, what sort of changed things. One of the big things that one of the big negatives too was everyone harping on Mello, which is kind of easy when Roberson goes down. Are you saying him fighting his coach on the sideline to get back into a game that they came back into because he was on the bench <laughs> was a problem? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a problem, mm. and like that's where I feel like with this one is like you said. Can Melo take a back seat? Mm-hmm. Can he be a guy where it was Charles today on Get Up basically said, I can't remember what team he said he was on. I think it was the Clippers, where basically he was like, yeah, I was starting. And he's like, I just could tell that I was not helping the team in the starting lineup. And he's like, I remember going to the coach saying, dude, put the rook in. Like, put this young player in over me. I'll come off the bench because that's going to be better for the team. Mm-hmm. Can he do that? Kind of like what you mentioned with uh, Dennis in the last segment. Can Mello put his ego aside? Can he put that pride aside and say, hey, you know what? This is where I am in my career. I'm transitioning into a different part. I'm not the same Mello that we saw in Denver. I'm not the same Mello we saw at the beginning of New York. I need to come to this Rocket team and help Chris Paul, help James Harden, not be the big the big guy on campus, the BMOC, basically. To be fair, I think the, the biggest change for him, outside of you know locations, is going to mm-hmm. be the fact that he's on a team with amazing spacing. Mm-hmm. One of the best basketball minds, as far as offenses go, is now in charge of him. He's going to get much better looks. He's going to have much better sets set up for him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have the best point guard, like pure point guard, in Chris Paul. Yeah hooking him up, and James Harden, no slouch either. So like, I think that, honestly, like 
we're going to see a resurgence of Mello. Both of them are going to get assists to Mello, basically. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how generous people are with assists with how long <laughs> Mello takes to dribble the ball himself, <laughs> go ISO. Um, Maybe if Mello develops more of a spot-up shot, well, not he, a dribble shoot. Well, he's a good spot-up shooter. I know, Don't get but me wrong. do that. Don't dribble around. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I think, honestly, he is, he's going to come back to what we're used to. I think he's, mm-hmm. you know, last year was his worst statistical year pretty much across the board. I think we're going to see roughly the same shooting numbers, you know, 15 to 17 shots a game. Um, but what we're going to see on the upside is his efficiency is going to go back up heavily, I expect. I think he's going to be, a, again, about like a 19, 20-point scorer. Mm-hmm. I really do have high hopes for Mello. I don't. I think last year was a, was a shitty season. He fell out of position. He didn't feel like he fit in. He was, he was not the right puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Square block, round hole. I'm going to ask you this question because it just popped into my mind, and sure. I know this is a very— Colin Cowherd question, but I'll ask it to you anyways. If he goes to the Rockets mm-hmm. and the Rockets play well yeah. and Melo's playing well, mm-hmm. does that feud the fire of, oh, maybe it's Brody's the problem? No, no, he couldn't play with Brody, but he can play with Chris Paul and James Harden. No, but he I was think fine on the Rockets. Boo, the Thunder. He wasn't fine. I wonder why that is. I mean, we've mentioned the horrible coaching mm-hmm. on the Thunder for the last three years that we've mm-hmm. been doing this show. So, no. Uh, we've also mentioned the fact that. How is he going to fit ego-wise? I don't know. Mm-hmm. How is he going to fit next to his best friend now? And isn't it a little interesting that when given the option, he's not going to the Lakers? I don't think LeBron wants him on the Lakers. That's the question. Like that's, yeah. like, and that's an I'm interesting surprised thing. that's not more of a story. That, well, like, they given the it, option, They brought not... it up beforehand, like when the stretch provision was first yeah. being discussed, that like a lot of people were like, LeBron doesn't probably doesn't want Melo on the Lakers. Because it's interesting... With them, I know this is away from the Rockets, yeah. but it's interesting with the Lakers how they're constructing their team. I know they got be easy today. Yeah, I love but it. But LeBron, instead of going, hey, I'm going to get my buddies, mm-hmm. he's bringing in Lance Stevenson, a guy he played against in the playoffs who he, to me, I'm going to assume, respects that and was like, hey, yeah. he can help this team. Oh, Rajon Rondo, another guy who played in the, the playoffs. The smartest basketball bro- mind alive exactly. right now. Yeah. And with Melo, I just don't think that either Magic or LeBron want him in that because the last thing you want to do in that situation is add a guy like Melo who could blow the whole thing up, basically. Yeah, no, you've already got, like, Melo, Light, and Kuzma. Mm-hmm. So, like, why why blow it for adding ego, mm-hmm. the star, you know, whatever. It's not. It's probably not worth it. But it's interesting that, you mm-hmm. know, now that Melo has his pick of the litter, He's going to play in Houston. Yeah, and I mean, the out of the two choices that I heard, like yeah. early on it was either Miami or Houston. Right. And the reason why I think Houston is a better fit for Melo than Miami. Team? No, not just that. It's, not just that? Okay. It's not just that. Like, of course, the Rockets are going to be in the playoffs. The Heat will probably be in, but it's the, the East. East. Uh, I hate that's saying the, that. That's but literally a phrase oh, of the, the season is it's um, the East. LeBron I hope you guys left, get used so to it's that. wide open. It's wide open. Get used to this shit. Um, it's all yeah, season. It's going to be all season, not LeBron's gone. But basically, the thing that I think is why the Rockets are a better fit for him personally is because Pat Riley's a guy that don't take no shit. And Pat Riley's a guy that's basically like, hey, you're going to be on this team. It might not be Chip Kelly levels of obsession, but it's basically, hey, you're on this team. You're going to eat right. You're going to take care of your body right, which... Throughout his career, it has been documented that uh, Melo might not be the uh, the main guy for, uh, hey, I uh, keep my body right and know exactly, you know, he knows what's going in, but yeah. it might not be the best thing when you're eating uh, 
cereal and Big Macs uh, during your career before games for pregame. Hey, man, we had people like who you had to hide bags mm-hmm. of gummy worms from the yep. locker room. So like, I'm not judging. I mean, let's be honest. Chad Ochocinco, uh, when he was on the Patriots, he's like, yeah, I'm going to run a 40, eats a McDouble, runs a 40. He goes, doesn't matter. I'm just going to work it off, right? Exactly. I mean, we <laughs> shit, if you go back to the 90s, mm-hmm. people would literally be smoking in yeah. the locker room before games, during Such a different time. time. Like, Such a different time when you can actually smoke inside a building. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but like going back to Mellow on the Rockets, yeah. I just... To me, one of the things with the Rocket side of it that I wonder is, you mentioned it, they lose guys like Trevor Ariza, like Mahamute. Can, Some defensive stoppers. Exactly. Can Melo, not saying on the defensive side, but can Melo's presence outweigh, I know it's two against one, but outweigh the losses of those two players? That's my worry for the Rockets where I don't think the Rockets are going to take a dip and be like how some have said, like, oh, they might be fourth in the West. No, get out of here. They're going to be a top-two team in the West. The only thing I think changes is, depending on how serious the Warriors play in the regular season, that the Warriors might retake number one in the West, and the Rockets fall to number two. Yeah, I, I could see the Rockets being a two or a three at the worst. But If I mean, they're a three, who's the two? Is it the Thunder? Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. It's, that's TBD. <laughs> it's either the Thunder or the Lakers. I don't want. It's not the Lakers. I don't want to leak that to it. I'm thinking mm-hmm. the Thunder could do it if they all stay healthy. That could be dirty. But no, I mean, you look at that roster, and it's just like it's hard to see Chris Paul, James Harden, PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. uh, and Clint Capella. You add in someone like Carmelo Anthony, you still have the like regular season, you know, three point shooting from Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. I know he can't be played in the playoffs, but at yeah. least during the regular season, he is an asset to have out there. Still got Eric Gordon coming off the bench. D'Anthony Melton, Summer League Steel. I'm mm-hmm. just calling that. I mean, we loved him. We loved him. And coming they didn't out of USC. Left. Yep. Just because that you're off. They're like, no, we don't want to touch him. Mm-hmm. Smart move. Smart move. Jail Green, again, bench scoring. Like, they've got a good team. I feel like they have they they have the code. Like, now that now that the Warriors added mother. Like, if only, it's just like, not fair because they would have been in the finals if only they said, hey, you know what? We're not knocking down threes. Let's take a few steps in. Knock down a few look, twos. You're in that finals. Don't even <laughs> like the huge. I'm sorry you said that out loud. Like, it's true, though, is it not? Like they ran into the worst, <laughs> most impossible streak ever. So step happening. in and take some twos then. Yeah, they get some points on the board. They did a couple times. They did a couple times. They should have done it more, and that's the thing. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I'll do it a little more. I know I'm going on the full joke side of it, but yeah. I mean, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm angry that you're yeah, insane a lot because I mean, to to miss that many shots in a row is a statistical anomaly. Opening up that old wound. and the fact that they did hit a shot mm-hmm. and they got waved off, even knowing it was about to be a four point play. Mm-hmm. Whoo, whoo, that refing. And and that's where I feel like there's also people out there saying like, oh, he's Melo's going to add some good mid range to where if that does happen, it's like yeah. if that happens again, it's not going to be like, oh, let's go to Melo in the mid range. It's I mean it's to be fair, plan. that was the backup plan for the Warriors with mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was uh, pace and space isn't working mid range. Kevin Durant ISO yeah. game. Let's just and have him go carried. to the elbow, and whenever he took that shot from the elbow, it went in. Shit, Even the, in the finals. The walk-up three is just mm-hmm. the, the most goddamn infuriating thing in the world. <laughs> Twice in a row, man. <sighs> but From the same that's spot. Th- that's why I'm saying you should never undervalue mm-hmm. the ability to have, have one guy on your team go full ISO. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the better player, leverage that at times. Mm-hmm. I agree that they're better off when the ball is moving. When people are getting 
motion and looking for open shots mm-hmm. and that fucking pick and roll game with Capella is like it's gold and it worked for them so much. So I think this is a team that absolutely adding Melo in goes right back. They're right back in it, and I think that yes, they lose some defense, but on the other hand, it, it's like I forget who I was listening to today compared to like a lottery ticket. It's like mm-hmm. the upside's there. The upside's clearly there, and he's not going to cost you anything. It's, do you want to basically? So take it. Just yeah. do it. I mean, there, there's there's very little downside. If he comes to locker room distraction and hates people and mm-hmm. whatever, like goes completely off the edge, you can just cut him. To me, the linchpin that can be pulled and kind of, or the Jenga piece sure. that can be pulled and knocked down the rocket tower is not Mello. Like, I don't think Mello comes into this team and basically is like a volatile mm-hmm. person no, in the I locker think, room. I think we see a little hoodie Mello resurgence. The, uh, like I asked for last basically year. Basically, the, um, the linchpin is Chris Paul. Yeah. He gets injured, they're done. And guess what? He's going to get injured in the postseason don't again you, this don't year. Don't you put that juju on I'm him. I'm predicting it again. Like, that's the only reason why right now, like, I started going through a soft, like, what could our— mm-hmm. cause I am all for. I can't wait for our season prediction podcast. Yeah. I've already like you look at our spreadsheet we have. I got both of them all the way down to the finals, and I keep changing it every day. I keep looking at it every Jeez. day. I'm that obsessed with. Are it. Are you telling me that Marco Carter Williams is not a viable backup to uh, Chris Paul? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even say with this. I couldn't even keep a straight face I, with you saying that. Oh my that. god! With no. you saying that, but I mean, I think he loses that job. To the Anthony thing Mel- is, <laughs> like right now, I see the Rockets as a team where they're going. Like I could see them. Either Western Conference Finals, you get yeah. bounced. That's the best. Yep. Or I could see them getting bounced in the second round, depending on who they match up against. And the thing I want to ask you, because we sure. haven't talked about it on a podcast, sure. and I want to get your thoughts about it, yeah. the Chris Paul contract. Did they give him too much, or was it like, hey, you know what? We have to give him this. There's no choice. We can't say, no, we're not going to give you the Supermax. What are your thoughts on that contract with CP3 and how is that going to affect the Rockets? Do you this realize season? in 2021, Chris Paul will be making $44 million. Mm-hmm. James Harden will be making $43 million. And you want to know who Chris Paul can thank? Himself. Yeah. The man's a businessman. This is I this is the entire reason they set that age limit two for the Two people, CP, $88 million dollars mm-hmm. tied up just mm-hmm. between two people. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. I think they had to do it. I think their hands are tied. I don't think they had an option. Um, do I think Chris Paul has deserved it in his career? Yes. Do I think that at the end he will be a $44 million player? No. I don't Let's think anyone makes does. It to that. I, if, I, he get inju- if he gets injured two straight years, like... Yeah, at 36, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's scary. That That's when you really are going to be in trouble. And if his consistent injuries add up, you're right. We could mm-hmm. see him, uh, sadly, not being able to play at that point. But could you imagine that 2021 salary basically being like, well, you're this old, we can't trot you out there, stretch provision. Yeah, I mean it's that it, we're going to get to a weird place with salary cap mm-hmm. um in 2020, 2021 when people are making 40 plus million dollars mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be a weird place in the NBA. But no, he deserves it it's I don't want to compare it to the Kobe contract Mm -hmm. because that was a legacy. That was a, you've been a Laker for your career. We're going to make sure you end it right. We're going to make sure we give you that respect. Mm -hmm. And we're not exactly looking to win. Yeah. But this right now, 
says that we want to win now and we'll do anything to ensure that you stay here. This was more of the lottery ticket to me than Mello would be. How is this a lot? You had to pay $44 million no. into a 36-year-old no, 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 no. if this what, goes... <laughs> the reason why I'm saying this is the lottery ticket is because if you look at this past year, Rocket fans, the Rocket organization, everyone that loves Houston was all saying at the same time, if CP3 didn't get hurt, we'd be in the finals. Yeah. Like, well, not even looking at that heroic or that historic um, streak that they went through with yep. the three-point shooting. Yep. But every Rocket fan, if CP3 was healthy, we win that last game. We go to the finals instead of if it goes to seven. the Warriors. Yeah. Exactly. It might not even go to seven if he's healthy. So, to me, it's like, all right, you're basically rolling the dice and playing that lottery ticket it's of not, like a lottery it, ticket wait, wait, is wait. like $5 for millions of dollars. That's what Carmelo Anthony is going to be for them. And he is millions of dollars for, you know, a championship, which is not a lottery. That is that's not even close. Lottery is the wrong word. This is more like you're placing <laughs> like you're placing a for this season a $35.6 million bet on CP3. Yeah. Is that going to come to like if it comes to fruition you're going to the finals. He doesn't get hurt. He helps you win. Otherwise, you're gonna. That's probably the better analogy. Or you lose that bet, and it's like, great, he got injured again. We got bounced. Yeah, you bet playoffs. on a guy who's mm-hmm. now on the decline of his career. It's injury more of a prone. gamble, is what. It's that's probably what I'm saying. Yeah, lottery ticket, total different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, gamble. I mean, lottery ticket gambling. It's still in the same ballpark, but a little different. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Like 33 multiple injuries in his career. Never. Been able to stay healthy when he needs to be, so I don't know. I, I think I think he's going to be okay. I think Melo's going to be a good add. I think that the environment is just right for Carmelo Anthony to be on that team at this time in his career. I think, it, I think it's almost a perfect fit. We'll see if he shits the bed. Mm-hmm. Like if he, if he does it again this year, there's no excuse. Like there's no saving Carmelo Anthony. But if he performs well. Then, then what do you do? It, it, it'll be interesting. Give me this. This is an early kind of soft prediction, sure. not hold you to it. Mello comes to the Rockets. Yep. How? Where do they finish in the West, and how far do they go? I got them two in the Western Conference Finals. And I think, honestly, mm-hmm. that one will be dependent on where Boogie's at. If Boogie's healthy and Boogie's rocking, mm-hmm. I'm That I'm Warriors terrified. team's going to be impossible to I'm beat. I'm terrified of that Warriors mm-hmm. team. There's, there's nothing like... You could put the Eastern Conference. It got better. All, you put the Eastern Conference All Stars against them, and they would lose. Mm-hmm. So even that, that's even with Kawhi now in the Eastern Conference. Like that's mm-hmm. just a just eat the L. Yeah, and so, I mean for me, I feel like for me, I almost feel the same thing. Rockets are going to be second in the West behind the Warriors. I want to say I'm going to say either Western Conference Finals or second round bounce. Who do you think can knock them out with with a healthy, happy Carmelo Anthony? With a happy, healthy Carmelo Anthony? Yep. Who would knock him out in the second round? Do you want me to give away what Ooh. I have right now? Because it's a shocker. You know what? No. No. What, let's save yeah. the teaser. Let's save the teaser. I'll tell I'll tell you after we're done recording, right. but that's what I want to save for our predictions for because it's a shocker and people are going to get mad at me for that one. That's Honestly, why I though, didn't want to say it. I like this Rockets team. I like, I like Melo going there. I think this is going to be a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, minus... 
What what if the Warriors have an injury? Mm-hmm. Then we look at this real close. What if Steph Curry goes down? Oh wait, they have Kevin He does Durant. every single year. <laughs> it seems <laughs> it like It doesn't matter. They'll still beat like the I Nuggets in the first round. We'll see. We'll oh, see. Oh no, they'll still beat the Blazers cuz the Blazers can't win a playoff game. I want I want like PJ Tucker to go mm-hmm. all Tanya Harding on Steph Curry. Here's a question I want to ask you, and this is from uh, Damascus asked me. This is not, have nothing to do with the Rockets. Sure. Kind of a segue before we go into the Bulls. Sure. Damascus asked me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, we just saw the Kawhi trade go through. Yeah. Who do you think is the next superstar to get traded? I said Dame or Kemba. I mean. I think Kemba's going to stay this year. I think okay. I could see. I mean, do you count CJ as a star? I the only reason I said Dame is because of everything that came out recently with him not being happy with their quotes. Yeah, I mean, I I could see either one of those guys. Like the the four guys we always mm-hmm. compare is Dame, CJ, and Beal and Wall. Yeah, like I could see one of those guys getting. But moved. hey, now Dwight's in uh, Washington, so he's going to be the glue between. Those I like guys. the fact that we talked about how Dennis <laughs> got into a fight with Dwight, and my first thought was like, who hasn't? Mm-hmm. Just who hasn't at this point? Mm-hmm. Let's play anyone on the team he's played with. But no, I, I think it could be one of those because honestly, I'm just gonna take a look at the All Star game and throw a dart at the wall. I was reading on Reddit, there was like some article that said sixteen All Stars in like yeah. the last what four years are now on different teams. Yeah, sixteen it's of insane. like eighteen All Stars, I think. Or sixteen, eighteen, like or sixteen, or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a scary number. It's almost mm-hmm. like total. So. I'm, I'm going to just throw a dart at the wall at that point. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. How does Melo fit with the Rockets? How far do you think they'll go with him? Because I'm still, to me, the one worry I have is that, oh, Melo's going to be on the Rockets. They're really better. And we hype them up, and it's not what we were expecting. Yeah. I'll, uh, I know Roberson got injured. Yeah. That's a big piece. But the Paul George, Melo, Brody relationship didn't mesh exactly as we thought it would in the preseason last year. So that's really one of the only qualms or worries I have about Mello coming to the Rockets. But let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. All right, Dave, we're going to end the podcast with a little fun segment. I mean, uh, Bulls fans got really angry at me on a couple of my opinions. You said some Dupari. things you shouldn't have said. Well, the first thing I'll say, and this we is just me get out clarifying of the way. it, yep. I do not think Markkanen is going to be a backup. I was saying in certain situations after we trade Rolo, we can kind of put him out there at the center position. He would be the backup with air quotes for the center position, but you could also put Bobby there as well. He is going to be our starting four. There is no question about it. But the main thing I want to talk about with the Bulls, and this kind of is a stemming conversation from that comment section, is basically this, Dave, and I will ask you straight to the point as I do every time. Yep. Will the Bulls make the playoffs this season? And it's such a tough answer because— Because we're going to start off with will, and then later we'll talk about should. All right, all right. So if I'm looking at this, and let me just check the standings from last year, standings 2018. I'm real professional here where Mm -hmm. I prepped, and you can clearly tell. (laughs) Uh, it took 43 wins to get into the East last year. Mm-hmm. 43 wins. Can I, do I think the Bulls can jump from tanking and winning 27 to 43? Uh, I think that they can get close. I think that we're probably going to be like a 38, 30, yeah, probably like a 38 win team mm-hmm. um, with us actually playing. If we get everybody healthy, we could win 43 games. 
if everyone's healthy and we get a weirdly good season out of, you know, continued development out of Zach, out of Chris, out of, uh, I think pretty much everybody at that mm. point, you just need to get contributions Can Jabari not be injured? Can Jabari, well, can Jabari, can, can Jabari be healthy? Can he play the three efficiently? Can he play defense? No. We don't really care about that part because you don't get paid for <laughs> defense, Ricky. Um, no, I, I think there's there's an outside shot, yes. I think that it's a super young core. And I think that the problem is if we move Rolo, we lose one of the veterans mm-hmm. who might be a great locker room guy. Like, it's weird to say, I know we're full on locker room space, but like I would almost be like, can we get like Richard Jefferson in here? Mm-hmm. Can we get a guy who is just known <laughs> for his locker room influence no, seriously, I he like is Richard a Hallen. wonderful professional. Like, I I do. I like he him. He is super well spoken. He knows the game. He knows the ins and outs. And mm-hmm. I think he will be a coach, uh, if not an analyst, for like ESPN or something full time after mm-hmm. he retires. But we need someone like that if we are going to go for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We're so young this year. We have so little experience. So I think that if we came close. It'd be really intriguing to see if we kind of went for it. My whole thing for this season, and this is kind of going to come into will and should. Right. I'll, I'll do it this way. Can the Bulls make the playoffs? Yes. LeBron's gone. The East is wide open. Yikes. I've made that joke now a million times, times today on this podcast. Yeah. But it's not going to stop because basically I'm mocking it yep. at this point. Should Or not should. Will the Bulls make the playoffs? I'm going to say no. Because to me... I look at it this way. Let's go back to that joke I keep saying. LeBron left. The East is wide open. Yep. Is it? The Raptors are still going to make the playoffs. The Celtics aren't going to drop out. The 76ers aren't going to drop out. The Pacers aren't going to drop out. The Bucks aren't going to drop out. Now think the Wizards are. The Heat, I don't think will, but I left them off because I wouldn't be surprised so if they did. Potential. There are two spots realistically, I only see one spot. Like, I still have the Heat in my playoff right now. Mm-hmm. The Cavaliers, they are falling off the face of the earth. Talon, like, Sexton, I love Cal- I love, CD. I love Sexton. I love K-Love. I think that we're set up for a top 10 Cleveland pick in wow. this year's draft. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs wow. this year. Well, it's been I proven that LeBron no. leaves the first time and they fall to the bottom. It's not proven so, I mean, because they didn't have Kevin Love on that team. And that's the thing. Like do I you said, forget the I fact that Kevin like, Love drags the Timberwolves to like 30 plus wins? I don't think that team makes... I so don't he can think drag, that team makes the... Bottom line, I don't think no, they make the playoffs. But they're, I think they're in the same range as Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're a top 10. Take I the, think they're a 12. The top 10 is a different discussion for another right, day. We'll table it. They don't make the, they don't make the playoffs though. So realistically, that's one spot, maybe two yep. in there. I think that Charlotte will be better this year. Are they going to be playoff good? I don't know, but they're going to be better. I expect the Pistons to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, we were all really disappointed in Pistons whiffing. Well, and now to me, you get, and I know that people, some people like Dwayne Casey, other people don't. I don't know who doesn't like Dwayne Dwayne Casey. Casey is a good coach, and he just was coach of the year, and he's going to coach that team better than Stan Van did because they're not going to build a fucking wall. They're actually going to play basketball. Look, man, Boban and Drummond <laughs> were one a hell of a wall. I like my playoff right now. But a healthy Reggie yeah. is going to be a lot to that team. And that's the one question of like, I know what point guards we were kind of discussing with Sean. Yeah. Sean's like, really, Reggie Jackson? You're like, yeah, Reggie Jackson. If he's good, I don't love the man, mm-hmm. but he can score points. And then you made the joke, ish. I love Ish. Ish is my boy. Another <laughs> shout out to Ish. Uh, yeah, no. But realistically, without seedings. Mm-hmm. 
I see the only team from last year's playoff in the East bouncing out for me is the Cavs. And for me, right now, I got the Pistons taking their spot. And, I mean, to me, I feel like all the other teams that didn't make the playoffs in the East are still not going to make the playoffs. Now, are the Bulls going to be better? Are they going to be better than 27 games? Maybe, but that brings me to my second point. The biggest thing for this season, and this for me is why I am down on the Bulls and why some people in the last video are like, oh, man, this guy, Ricky just wants him to tank. I don't, it's a difference of, I don't like, it's not this season where it's like I'm rooting for us to lose. Right. Like if Zach and Jabari and Chris Dunn and Markkanen, they all play lights out. Wendell I am going to be happy. Well, Junior. Wendell is a rookie, so like I'm, a, I'm expecting some rookie woes with him. I'm just talking about the guys who are like, Zach is 23. Yeah. Jabari's 23. Yep. Those are the main two, Zach and Jabari. Yeah, no, they should what show their I leadership. Gonna, what am I going to get from you? Because, like, Zach in particular, yeah. the whole reason why I didn't want to give him that contract mm. that the Kings offered him is because he hasn't proven what he could be fully off of that injury. And I know most of it is offensive and defensive. When he came back off of the injury, he did show his athleticism, which was good coming off of an ACL injury. But my worry is still there. I haven't seen what you can fully become. Jabari, I don't know what to expect from you because you're slashing wing. First off, you're coming off of two ACL injuries. Number two, the role that I think we want to play you on this team, I'm not confident in you in that role, so you have to prove me wrong. Then number two, I'll be honest. Number three. Well, number three. It makes me laugh that he said it, like Mm -hmm. the whole thing about the score about not playing defense. Yeah. It made me laugh because Brandon Swanson says that all the time about the NBA, that they just don't play defense. I got a little uh, research for you when you say that uh, defensive players don't get paid. Mm Mm-hmm. Pulling up the salaries from this past, um, or the 2018-2019 salaries for last year's points per game leaders and the um, all defense first team, the points per game leaders: James Harden, 30 million; Anthony Davis, 25 million; LeBron, 36 million; Lillard, 28, and uh, Giannis at 24. The all defense first team: Drew Holiday, 26 mil. Davis, 25 mil, because Anthony Davis was on both, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Gobert, 23. Oladipo, 21. And really bringing down this average, Rocco, 10 million. Where the averages aren't far off. Like, yeah, the scoring leaders are at 29 compared to 21. But I wouldn't say 8 mil is a huge difference in... Shabari Parker, 20 mil. Marcus Smart, 12 mil. Spot on. <sighs> I mean, a little bit, but I'm... No, it's exactly... It's your 8 mil. I'm looking at these averages going, you know what? Like $8 million is a lot yes, of money. <laughs> yes, you get paid more to be a scorer, yeah. but I think that he was, try, he was trying to make the, the gap wider than it is, is. Did Tony Allen ever cash in? Is Andre Roberson ever going to cash in? More. I'm not saying that defensive players are ever going to make more than scorers because obviously it's like... And here's another thing that I know... Uh, Amin Al Hassan made on the jump when like they were him. talking about. It. I love him. I mean, um, but he was saying he, he they pulled up this list and he goes, "So you're telling me LeBron never played defense, huh? Tell me LeBron never played like you, LeBron doesn't play defense. Uh, 
James Harden doesn't play a look I mean, of defense. Uh, <laughs> um, argued at times. Literally, like his main point was LeBron. Yes, these, these are, and then they made the joke of, well, regular season playoffs is when we're talking about LeBron playing say, defense. Yeah. But like that to me, back to my main point. Yeah, exceptional of, players, but we're not talking about exceptional. We're not talking about the cream mm-hmm. of the crop. We're talking about excellent defensive specialists versus mm-hmm. excellent offensive specialists. Yeah, and I just with this Bulls Lou team, will counter argument. To be fair, mm-hmm. well, he got he signed he got an extremely team friendly deal. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't get paid. He signed like a deal for what, like nine mil a year. True. Like that was he got his contract with the Clippers. He wanted that's what he wanted he wanted a long term deal. Mm-hmm. And he that's got what that. he really wanted. But with the Bulls, it's my biggest question and my biggest worry. Sure. Is Zach and like Zach and Jabari? Where yeah. I know that like I am excited about marketing. I'm hoping that he can make that next progression into this year. Wendell Carter, seeing him in summer league, oh. has got me excited for him to where I know there was a comment that's like, oh, well, Ricky said that at the draft he you wanted still want he wanted McHale or Wendell, and then years down the line, I'm not that kind of a guy. I will always say that on draft day. I wanted McHale over Wendell Carter, but yep. I'm not going to hate Wendell Carter for that. Like no. that's going to be my belief for the rest of time. I'm expecting him to just go through a rookie year and get better like rookies do, but the whole thing with this Bulls team is because of the questions with Zach, because of the questions with Jabari, where's our timeline? I don't know where our timeline is and like I look at articles where one of them from uh, the fan site or website Pippin Ain't Easy, where uh, Luke Askin talked about how it's officially time for the tanking to end in Chicago. Yeah. And I, I like I see his point. Like, yeah, you're getting excited. Like, you get excited about Wendell in Summer League. You get excited about seeing um, Markinen. Like, Chris Dunn played well that year. But for me, I feel like the ultimate question comes down to is – what would you rather have on this Bulls team? Would you rather have them make it to the playoffs as an eight seed, ultimately get bounced by the Celtics, but get that playoff experience? Yeah. Or get a, and I'm just going to throw it out here. I'm just throwing this pick out here for the argument, or get a top 10 pick and get that kind of a player to add to this core and then start that next year, start that playoff run and that experience next year compared to this year to be fair we don't know how deep this draft is so mm-hmm. i don't know the value of a top 10 pick versus a top three pick mm-hmm. uh you know it could be another what was that the Giannis draft where like looking at it, it looked like hot garbage mm-hmm. and now we're starting to see players start to excel a bit later in their careers but still we don't know if this is going to be a like uber rich draft yeah. or a like super shallow one so mm-hmm. not so sure if top 10 is worth value if you're at that 7 8 9 10 area as much as it would have been la- this well, past year with getting Wendell Carter Jr and we're seeing guys mm-hmm. super deep in this draft look like they can contribute at a high level here's the thing and i did a little bit of research with this is i'm bringing our now Gar packs into the situation because sure. they're a whole nother worry yeah. in this whole bull situation. They had some good, they so, had some bad. Let's say the Bulls got the facts of life. Let's say the Bulls make the play. <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. Now you have the facts of life. Um, let's say the Bulls do make the playoffs, sake of argument, 15th pick. Okay. So they're the last yeah. pick outside of the lottery. Yeah, we squeak right in. If I look at picks from 2004, because um, Paxson was he took on his role 2003. Yep. 
Gar Foreman took on his role 2004. Yep. So I'm using 2004 as the barometer. Sure. Spoiler alert, if I use 2003, Kurt Heinrich would help my Captain help me Kurt, out a baby. little bit. But from 2004, if we look at picks in that 15 range, yep. here's who we got. Rodney Carney. Nothing. We've got James Johnson. He actually turned out to be a pretty good player. Kevin Serafin. I'm talking about Garbage. how they were on the Bulls. I'm just saying. Um, James Johnson's good. Yeah, but I mean, on the Bulls, <laughs> it's, he didn't do anything for us drafting. It's because we searched the bed a little bit. Um, I'm going to throw Tony Snell in there, although he was he 20. He succeeded. Um, here's the thing that pisses me off, because this would have been something to like diffuse my point, mm-hmm. but we fucked up and traded for... Uh, Dougie McBuckets. We would have had Gary Harris at 19 and Yusef Nurkic at 16. Like, there's no hindsight's telling we would have 2020. That. Hindsight's 2020. There's no telling we would have drafted that. Harris was actually amazing, though. That, yeah, I know. But us, I mean, like, Nurkic look, was not. Looking at what they were, like, you look oh, yeah, at that, that and go, oh, that could have been so good. Yeah. Um, and then Denzel Valentine was 14. Not the best bull, and I was really high on Denzel coming out of that veteran leadership. And then, like, and then Justin Patton was technically sixteen, but I'm I'm pushing him away. That's the marketing pick. Yep. So then I look at if we have top ten picks, and what I see, you see, if I include 2003, Heinrich was seven, third overall in 2004, Ben Gordon. Then we've got LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge, second overall. Is your point that top 10 picks are better than well, picks between 10 and 20? Because that's how point, the goddamn no, lottery no, no. works. My point is, is with, and I don't know if this is a guard pack situation. Yeah. Like Derek Rose was top 10. Joakim Noah was number nine. Yep. You also had, I think there's one more. Oh, Wendell seven and then um, and seven as well. My point is with this management is it seems like because other teams have drafted in those teen ranges and found guys that work. I will say, Jimmy and Taj are two exceptions. Those guys were far later, and we Not did that hit... far later. Taj was 23, they, well, Jimmy was 30, and, was and 30. then Taj was... Where's Taj? 26. 26, So okay. they were so after 20. Point and being, what we I'm can saying find is, talent later. And no, what I'm saying is, based off of what I'm seeing, yeah. is... We're not going to be as late as we were when we got Jimmy and Taj because we're not going to be not good. going that far and being yeah. that high of a record. So for me, based off of what I've seen with Garpax, and maybe this is me diving way too into it and going way too down this rabbit hole, Garpax can find talent in the top 10. When we get to that mid-lottery range or just outside the lottery, Garpax doesn't pick the guys that are right for this team and right for our future. I mean, it's it's hard to say because at different times we're drafting for different things. Exactly. Like, you can tell that the Denzel Valentine pick, that was a desperation strike mm-hmm. to go ahead and try to get someone who can fit on mm-hmm. this Bob, this Bobby, as I say, this Jimmy Butler team. Mm-hmm. He was part of the plan of get someone who is ready to play in the NBA. And even that was a, that was a half-assed whiff at that one. But we went for someone who's a veteran leader, who is, you know, solid. But I think the thing that you have to go back and look at is just it's easier to hit picks in the top ten. Let's just be honest. Yes, mm-hmm. I know some teams are awful at it, like the Kings or, you know, whatever. But like Bobby was also 22. I forgot about him. Yeah, another solid pick. Mm-hmm. God, that was a good year. 
Um, but no, I think that your your point of yes, we've drafted well in the top ten. We haven't drafted great in the teens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not like mind blowing. Like the teens are a weird place to draft because you get guys who aren't clear standouts, mm-hmm. but you're not totally reaching for talent, like for for potential at the end of the day. So I don't know. I feel comfortable with them drafting anywhere. Yes, I know we fucked up and laid on the draft. We also had mm-hmm. whiffs like Marcus Teague and Norris Cole. But, like, it's going to happen. You, no one's amazing at the draft. Well, and my bottom point with that is basically with the management we have, and I know we could go on a Fire Garpax podcast basically all day. I mean, I'm mixed results. I'm saying, mixed like, results. the fan base. Like, there is a yeah. big part of the Bulls fan base that wants to fire Garpax. We literally the, paid to put up a sign exactly, blocks away from the arena. Hashtag fire car packs. But with this ownership, what yep. it's proven to me in this history is that let's give the, if we're if we want a good draft pick, let's give them that that opportunity to get a guy that we can't miss on. Like you said, oh, top ten pick, it's no no brainer that they're going to be better. Well, let's give them that so they can get us one of those instead of whiffing on a guy in the mid-teens. That's just something that I looked at because now the question is, should the Bulls make the playoffs? Like, the benefits of it, like I said, you make the playoffs, you get that playoff experience, or you get a higher draft pick. I'm hoping we don't... If we miss the playoffs at 14, then at that point, I'm like, just make the playoffs at that point. But, like, if you're going to be a top But 10, you got the percentage. Like a... Unless we're getting Derrick Rose, like, getting those opportunities, like, not many... Times that pulls through for us. Like I yeah. didn't even think we'll get that. We were going to get the first pick when we got it that year. Well, I mean, had we not won the coin flip, we would have been the number two pick. True. So mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? Well, the coin flip because there's always the how yeah. the lottery is rigged in the NBA and those conspiracies. Right. I'll ask you of sure. kind of flipping it. Should the Bulls make the playoffs? If the players are good enough to get there, you shouldn't tank. Mm-hmm. Like I. The only way I feel good about tanking is when you're playing on a roster where even at their best, they're not able to win games. Mm -hmm. But you are letting the kids run. You are letting them grow, and you're seeing what they can put out. You're seeing them grow together. Mm -hmm. Like, a team like the Suns isn't going to make the playoffs in the West. Sorry, Ziani. I know we just had you on, but they're (laughs) not going to do it. But you know what? They're going to have a ton of fun watching incredibly young, talented players play together mm-hmm. and watch them grind out some games. You're going to lose a lot of close games because you don't have, you know, veterans out there to close for you. But you do have Devin Booker who's electric on offense. You do have DeAndre Ayton who is a monster and can like walk out of bed and drop, you know, 19 and 9. I just think that you can't tell a team that they're going to intentionally lose games when you have a young team like this because you saw some of the effects from guys who were around the 76ers who were like we lost games, but we weren't being pulled from games to lose them. It's not yeah. like they set guys because and they were too hot. And let's be honest, we would have had a worse record if guys like Kilpatrick didn't go off. If Nico didn't play for the Bulls, mm-hmm. we would have won like 14 games this year mm-hmm. instead of 26 or whatever it was. Like you have to remember, we were like three and 19 or something stoop, three and 17. Yeah. I forget what it was uh, before he came back. And then we caught fire because we had someone who was talented and who can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it took. So, no, I think that Lowry at the four, getting full minutes, getting 30-plus minutes a game is going to be awesome. I think that Zach, full season, playing alongside Chris Dunn, mm-hmm. huge for us. I think Jabari's going to be the mystery man. And I think Wendell's going to come into the NBA, NBA ready, and just amaze people because it, it's we didn't get to see him 
being him because he was playing next to Bagley. Mm-hmm. So I think that no. I think this team could make the playoffs. Well, I think they're a 35 30 team. To be honest, team. when we got to the. But they're going to lose a lot of close games. When we got to the conference tournament, there were some guys that were like, wow. I, I, may, was, like, I was one of there them was, who said it out loud I know, on the show. But like, there were other people too that are like, maybe Wendell's better than Bagley. Yeah. Like, watching that ACC tournament, like Brandon even brought up, he's like, man, Wendell, like, Bagley didn't look good until Wendell got back out on the floor. And it's like, there were national like analysts saying, yep. hey, you know what? Maybe. He could be better. One comment I want to bring up that we got on our full podcast from this past week. Sure. Um, I got to throw a shout-out to Chester Hardy for um, putting it in. He said, red shirt. That was me, by the way. Yep. Um, how many teams have been in the lottery for multiple years and still have nothing to show for it? If the Bulls team makes the playoffs, it's an, in, it's an indiction that the team has promise, which might entice free agents to play here in Chicago. It's true. This is the last point I wanted to get to because for me, up until this point, my biggest reason for being more on the let's I, I'd be happier with a top ten pick than a playoff berth this yeah. year is because, like I said before, I don't know what to expect from Zach. I don't know what to expect from Jabari. And those are some main pieces. Like Chris Dunn, he's I believe he's gonna be we got one more player up on our team up on him, and then he's up or he's up this year. I'd have to um, look at it. But the thing is for me, because I have that worry, right now I'm obviously saying, no, I don't want to be in the playoffs. But if this year those two, and yeah, we got a team up on Chris Dunn, then he's an RFA. Yeah. If, if Zach Levine shows up and it's like, wow, oh, great. I'm seeing some promise in this if team. If he goes back to dropping 20 a night. Exactly. On like, efficient numbers. This team can change my opinion. Like, just because I said right now, hey, I think- I'd rather have a top 10 pick, doesn't mean by the All-Star break I'm going to think the same thing. I got to see Zach play. I got to see Jabari play, and that could change how I feel right now. Baby Bulls v2, baby. Um, but I think one of the things that pisses most people off mm-hmm. is the fact that you're saying, I think they should tank. Now, by they should tank, what do you mean? How, how do they go about well, tanking with this roster? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it a little bit. because No, I answer, answer the goddamn question. Well, it's I'm saying, like, I don't think it's – I don't want the Bulls. Like I said at the very beginning, it's not like this year where it's like, please let us lose games. I'm not going into it with that. But if I'm looking crystal ball at the end of the year, I would be happier at this point with a top 10 pick than a How do they get birth. to that top 10 pick? How do they get to that top 10 pick? The only, the way they get to that top 10 pick is if Jabar, Jabari either isn't what we thought he was or he gets injured, Zach isn't what we expected, and like really to get to that top 10 – those two need to not cripple into nothing, but not be what we want them to be. But then also get ri- like if we get rid of Rolo, that's going to obviously hurt the team a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. Help us in the future because I'm hoping that we can get like I don't know if we will, but I'm hoping we can get some type of draft pick, like pick twenty six, like we did with the Pelicans. Like get a playoff pick for that. And like that's Nico's something, better than him, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm a some team might, might need a center. throw a pick at it for us. Like we'll see. In order to be a top ten, I feel like we'd have to have injuries or have Jabari or Zach 
not play up to where we want them to be. You think you have to move Bobby P? That's an interesting one. I don't know. Because the I'm thing, just, the thing yeah. with Bobby P is, I'll ask you this kind of flip side. Yep. Do you think there's a team next offseason that offers him an offer sheet like the Kings did to Zach? Uh, I don't know if he gets 20 mil. No, um, but like it offers to he, where... Yeah, I, I think teams are going to be interested in him. He has grown a lot. Would you move him? Uh, I think his value is right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you're... He is an amazing small ball five energy guy off the bench. He's exactly what I want as a six man. Mm-hmm. But if what I expect happens could happen where I think Hutchison develops into a premier six man wing, like I would rather have another wing than I would have a six man small center, mm-hmm. a small ball center slash power forward who can where I can just slide Jabari to the four who, and Lowry to the five. Who Bobby can like, when, yeah, he can shoot the outside, out. but... Chandler, we drafted him to be that, basically. Right. So that's the thing. Like, I, I like him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the money's going to be right. If if he's looking for 12 mil next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a lot of free agents out there next year, and we're a team with money to spend. So, like, it really depends on how well Jabari looks. Because if Jabari looks good, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable moving Bobby. Well, I'll ask you this then, because this is the last part to that, sure. is with Zach and Jabari obviously having to uh, play well. Yep. The other thing is like what Zach said. When Zach came here, one of the best things I liked that came out of his mouth when he was in a Bulls um, press conference was that my main goal, and I liked it because Derek Rose was never like this, and this is the only thing that I really hated about Derek. Sure. Is Zach was like, I am going to recruit for this team. I am going to bring in guys to play with me. And make this team better. Something that Derrick Rose never did. Like, yeah, did I want Melo? Not really. But to see your star player go, fuck that. I'm going to be over here while you're trying to court this Do guy. And bring, yeah, exactly. Yep. Where that's my biggest question is to bring in free agents. I look at Zach and go, all right, buddy. It's time to basically nut up and shut up. Or nut up or shut up. Of basically, are you going to be able to do what you said you're going to do? And are you really going to do it? I, I don't know if he's good enough to bring in free agents. Like, I'm sorry. I don't mm-hmm. respect him as one of the top players in the league. I think Lowry's a better player than he will be. Mm-hmm. I think that people would rather play with Lowry than they would with a guy who is just a volume shooter and mm-hmm. an inefficient one at that right now. So unless he has an impressive season, I don't see players coming and you know him being like, oh, yeah, come play with us. You get to play either, you know, unless he's trying to replace – you know, point guard or small forward role. Like, I don't know who they're going to go after. So I think the problem is that he isn't good enough to recruit top free agents, and he probably isn't going to... Yeah, no, I just, he's not good enough to recruit top free agents unless he has a breakout season this year. Well, and that's one thing that, like, did cross my mind a little bit of, like, if I was a top guy, would I be like, yeah, I want to go play with Zach Levine, man. Yeah. Um, And really, that's going to play into... What does he show us from this year? What are we going to see from him? And I mean, the last point I'll make about the whole with me on one side, because I feel people will be like, oh, my God, Ricky, how are you on the rather of a top 10 pick right now than be in the playoff? I think a little part of it was doing our mock draft our way too early. And I get it's way too early. We haven't seen these kids Mm -hmm. play. But I looked at where the Bulls were on Tankathon. And I looked at some of the guys that could be there in that range, and I'm just looking at it going, man, put one put one of these wings 
with that young core we got right now, then that's a team where it's like, all right, I think we're ready. I think we're ready to make that next step because the I mentioned it with the Hawks, the whole Warrior comparison, because they're the gold standard in this league. The thing that changed our timeline compared to theirs, because think of uh, Markkanen as the beginning. Mm-hmm. Markkanen's the first piece. Wendell's the next piece. The only thing that we had that they didn't was we traded Jimmy to get um, Chris and Zach, Zach. to come in. Yep. And we didn't. they didn't sign a guy like Jabari. So, I mean, with having Zach, having Chris Dunn, that kind of changes our timeline a little bit from that warrior, hey, if marketing is like the Steph Curry pick and we get four years from that before we make the playoffs, getting Levine and getting Chris Dunn accelerated um, that timeline a little and bit. And paying for Jabari, mm-hmm. I think, continues to. If he's healthy... He was a 20-point-a-game score. Which, looking back at that, by the way, I called that amount with not even knowing, like, yeah, if yeah. we give him 20 mil. But the thing I really like about that deal, hindsight, because, of course, we kind of jumped the gun mm-hmm. on that deal. Player up. I love, or, I'm sorry, team up. I love how it's—I'm going to compare it to Mike Glennon in Chicago, where basically the Bears did the same thing, where it's like, hey, we'll give you—I think it was a two-year, three-year contract, yeah. but— we got that out after the first year, which they used. Yep. The Bulls, if he gets injured or they don't like the marriage, they can get out of it. Whatever we. And then they got money to year. spend in free exactly. agency. Exactly. We're. I wouldn't be totally upset if the Bulls made the playoffs because that means they're good, and I want this team to be good. But I'm not going to be completely upset if this team is in the top ten of the draft next year because of the type of players that I'm already seeing in that top ten already. Any final thoughts before we end up the shop today? I think a lot of people misunderstand or you misunderstand the phrase tank then. That's my takeaway from this because you're saying— I'm going to put it on me. I'm not putting it on them. Yeah, you, yeah. You're pretty much saying unless people completely bust out between—like bust as in like underperform between mm-hmm. Jabari— Zach Levine, or they just get injured, mm-hmm. you don't know that we're bad enough to get a top pick. Mm-hmm. A part of it, too, So, like, is... tanking is, like, play, intentionally playing players who don't deserve to be out there, which I don't think we have anyone mm-hmm. on our roster at this point after we just cut Zipser. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's the anyone... The Zip God. The Zip God. I respect the man, but he's not an NBA... He knew he was getting yeah. cut, too. I, I think that he we've got a traded. super young, super talented mm-hmm. team... I don't know if we're necessarily going to win a ton of games, um, but I think that you know thirty to thirty-five is totally reasonable. Mm-hmm. And where that was coming from, obviously, was like I've said, and I can't say it enough: the uncertainty of what we're going to get from Zach this year. Mainly, yeah. mainly and, and Jabari. Like, you don't even know. I throw in Jabari, but like Jabari, well, you seem to is, hate Jabari because you're well, trying to get a no, wing. No, no, no. Like Jab- that, that's my takeaway. Jabari isn't a huge like. If he's bad this year, I'm not going to sweat. Because we're out at the end of the year. Like, if we didn't have that team up, then I'd be like, all right, Jabari, you better play up. But, like, if Jabari fizzles out this year, I'm not going to be totally upset because we can get out of it next year. Zach is the big one because we match that offer. Yeah. And I understand why we match the offer because we traded Jimmy for you. Like, well, he wasn't the only thing, but basically he was we one got, third of the Jimmy trade. We got marketing. We got done. We got Levine and Levine was one of the big pieces. I'll say at the time going into the trade. Exactly. <laughs> coming um, out of it. It looks like Lowry's by far. I mean, you can't just say, yeah, we're going to let you walk being giving what they gave up 
yeah. to get him. So I understand that, but he's got to play up, man. He's got to show us that everything that he's been saying right now isn't just talk and that he's going to be a piece to help this team and carry this team and be the leader of this team and be a veteran on this team. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Will the Bulls make the playoffs? Can the Bulls make the playoffs? Should the Bulls make the playoffs? Everything in between what you think about this Bulls team. Also, want to thank Z for joining us today. If you're listening to the individual segment, go check out the other ones. If you're listening to the full podcast, thank you guys for sticking all the way through. A little bit of housekeeping here at the very end. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash podcast so you can be like Z and join a podcast yourself and talk about whatever you want. You can come on the podcast and just tell me how much of an idiot I am for we'll my literally takes do on the that. podcast. I will. We'll I jump will sit in. here and talk we'll join to you, you about it. But you can check that link down below in the description. You can also check out our store. That's in the description as well. You can also check that out at mostvalopodcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, if you're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the fast break a five-star rating, and let us know why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. I want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. Me and this guy will be back next week because Sean's going to be on a family vacation. True. True, true, true. So we'll be back next Stay week. Stay used to it. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.